there, friends. Welcome to the Rosé Hour podcast. I'm your host, Renee J. Johnson. And today we have Danielle Greenfield, who does a tarot card reading and representative to the State House of Illinois, Cambian Buckner. Everybody drink rosé, rosé. So we sip rosé. We gonna sip rosé, rosé. Sip rosé. Baby girl, she don't play, don't play. So we sip rosé. We're gonna sip rosé. That rosé hour, baby. Sip rosé. Everything will be okay. Hey there, friends! It's your host, Renee J. Johnson, and I'm here with Bartender Beck! Are you doing the noise this week? Nah, I'm just playing. How are y'all doing? Yay! Well, welcome, guys! Week two! Bet you didn't think this was gonna happen again! (laughs) And guess what? Ben has served us up here at the Rosie Hour Podcast another fine wine. Well, technically it's a rosé wine. Tell us more, Benjamin. Yes, it's a table rosé. The rosé wine is non-sparkling. I kind of like it. It gives it a um, sangria feel. Yeah, and it's also from this thing called Wine Shop at Home www.wineshopathome.com. This is not a sponsored uh, wine or rosé, just FYI, but we're drinking it because we are trying to sample different ones to see what we like, what's out there, and sort of teach everybody and ourselves about rosé. So this one has 12.5% alcohol. Can you feel it, Ben? I'm getting it. Yeah. Well, we're on bottle number three. We just started the episode, so that should be telling. But this actual is a interesting rosé because it has three different, like, farinels. That's the word that they use when it comes to the actual blend type of wine. So it's kind of cool. And it's with a citrus characteristic of lemon and lime with sweet fragrances of honey, pear, and ripe apples. It's a round of lush in the attack, and there's a short, medium intensity in the mouthfeel. Do you feel the mouthfeel intensity? Pause. Um, I don't uh, know what that means, but (laughs) they say also that it should be paired well with fish, pasta, turkey, chicken, and try it chilled with the featured recipe on their website, which is a Greek pasta salad with cucumber yogurt dressing. I don't know about that. Yes, a lot. But I am a fan of this table rosé. Yeah, they say that this is supposed to be something that you serve at any time, just have it around the house. When you have some fun guests come over, you sip, sip, hooray with them to this rosé. <laughs> or when was the last time you had a tarot card I was stationed in Yuma. It was 2003. And I was at a party outside of base. There was a lady doing tarot cards. So it's been a while. I'm overdue. Okay. Well, we have Danielle Greenfield here today. She's one of my most amazing friends who I worked with 
when it was a DC government type of job. We ain't gonna go into details. That that's another episode. But she does tarot card readings, and I'm so excited and like. I don't even know what words, like nervous, potentially. Yeah, got a little bit of anxious energy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, pour me up another cup and let's get this interview started. Yes, ma'am. So, Danielle, welcome to the Rosie Hour podcast. Hi, Renee. Thanks for having me tonight. Of course, of course. And cheers. Thanks for sipping with me. A little rosé all day, eh? So how, how do you like this rosé thus far? Um, So far, so good. Um, It's definitely given a California wine. Um, I can taste the hints of honey in it. Yeah, it's, it's definitely it's strong. harsh, and it's not too sweet, which is what I like. Yeah, I think the honey is really keeping this going. Exactly. You know, it's not, like, overpowering. Mm-hmm. It's just like, oh, if I feel like I'm getting a cold, this may be a rosé to drink. It might just, right? <laughs> so, Danielle, we're happy you're here. Why don't you tell us a little bit about you for the good people out there sipping away today? Of course. You like my rhymes, too? I do, I do. <laughs> I hear you, girl. Um, so, you know, I'm originally from D.C. Um, I went to school in North Carolina, North Carolina Auntie. What up, Aggies? HBCU! <laughs> um, and I've been, you know, uh, living and working in D.C. since graduation, um, I, it's hard for me to leave my city behind, you know, so I'm kind of stuck here right now. <laughs> well, you're not stuck. It's more like your love of D.C. is so just mm, that you just don't want to let go. It's like a teddy bear that you love so much that the stuffing falls out. Exactly. I'm tired to it. <laughs> <laughs> so sure. I like to talk about, like, how people get started in things and how they got like the knowledge to do X, Y, Z, X, Y, Z. How did you get into tarot card reading? Um, it's actually a pretty interesting story. Um, I've always had an affinity for astrology, astronomy, um, the cosmos and the divine. Um, but a few years ago, I used to go on a trip to Martha's Vineyard every summer, once, um, once a year. And it was a ladies' trip, and I met a young lady on the trip, and she and I just became really good friends. It was a very natural friendship. Oh, I like think sisters. I remember you guys going on this trip. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, both yeah. our moms were on the trip with us. So, of course, you know, she and I connected on that immediately. She's Aww. a few years younger than me. Um, we still are pretty good friends to this day. And uh, we walked into a store that I always used to go to when I would visit Martha's Vineyard. And there was actually this particular deck right here, um, the Healing with Angels Oracle Cards that was sitting at the register. She plucked the card from this deck, and I didn't see it, but the the cashier did. And she put the card back in the deck, and the cashier was like, why don't you go ahead and pluck a card? So that's what I did. We ended up plucking the same card. Oh, wow. So I was like... What was the card, though? It it was um, actually Intention. That was the uh, name of the card. Yeah. And I thought it was very interesting. So, of course, that we plucked the same card. So, of course, I asked the cashier. I was like, "Are there? Is this more than one deck put together or are there duplicate cards? She was like, no deck has duplicate cards. All the cards are on their own. Every oh, wow. card is solo. So there's no way with her putting the card back in near the bottom of the deck for you to pluck it. And mind you, we never shuffled this deck. 
So that's that told me, okay, there's something here. And I bought that deck. Um, and just from there, I, you know, played around with the cards a few times. And I just started buying more decks. And I ended up venturing into the tarot side of that. So started with Oracle cards, now with tarot. And I do both. Wow. Yeah. That's. <laughs> oh, I mean, intent is real, right? Yes. And then, like, here you are now doing it. Now, you know, people are like, oh, don't do those tarot cards. You're playing with the devil. Yes. But you're also a Christian. And how is how is that? Like, how do you Never tell did. people who are like, you playing with the devil that, <laughs> nah, baby girl. Like, what do you tell people in that space? Yeah, so I'm not always forthcoming with the fact that I do tarot um, because of that particular reaction, um, especially with Christians. Yeah. Uh, I definitely get the, oh, you know, you're messing around with the spirits. And I'm like, well, that's not necessarily what it is. And I always let people know that tarot is mostly about um, law of attraction. And just about everybody believes in law of attraction. Oh, of and course. nothing is an accident. Yeah. I mean, me going into a store and plucking that card was Intent. not an accident. Right. You know? So um, I just feel like the divine or God or whoever, however you like to think of your creator, um, that kind of pushed me toward that. And anytime I feel like something comes into my life and it continuously shows up, I just, you know, go with it. And that's just how, I, that's pretty much how I explain it to people, you know. Wow. Yeah. I, I mean, that's, to... I mean, saying a lot because, you know, we look at our zodiac signs and we're like, I'm a Capricorn, I'm Scorpio, I'm a Leo. And like, mm -hmm. we are believing that it's similar in a way to tarot card readings. And like you said, astrology uh, exactly. and tarot are, are synonymous. Exactly. And like, they work together in tandem. And it's more so, like you said, laws of attraction. What you put out, you receive. So if you got some dark spirits, yeah. The dark spirits are going to be in the guards. <laughs> and, and it'll come through. You yeah. know, it'll come through half the time. And then, uh, you know, there are plenty of tarot readers out there, um, especially on YouTube. And and a lot of them do general readings all the time. Um, I've done readings for, you know, mostly close friends and family. Um, I don't really go out on the, the social media and do it. I don't promote it all the time. So it's my first time talking about it in a public forum. Um, but... I just always try to make people comfortable before yeah. I do a reading for them and just let them understand, like, what it is. And not only that, time is fluid, you know? Yes. And we have control over it, you know? Our our God, my mm -hmm. God, gave, yes. gave me and everybody else free will mm -hmm. to change things in our lives. So that's just how I, uh, I present it to people and try to get that negative connotation off of tarot reading because it does good. And it gives people a little bit of insight into what they can do to change their, their path. For the positive. Well, that's good because sometimes we need a little hint. And, you know, they say God gives us signs. Well, maybe this is one of those signs that God's giving us to use, right? <laughs> exactly. Like, hey, it's all about perspective. Mm -hmm. <laughs> exactly. So today, I'm going to have my cards read. Yes. <laughs> okay, so how do you start a reading? Um, I usually ask a question. Um, I'll usually ask, like, you know, what it is that you're looking to get out of the reading. Um, if you want it to be more general, if you want it to be about love or about your career or maybe just some future things that may be popping up in your path. So uh, specifically asking you now, <laughs> since we're going to do a reading, <laughs> is there anything that you would like to take a look at tonight or do you want to keep it pretty general? Let's look at the 
career, especially since, you know, we got this podcast popping off, right? Okay. Let's look at the career. Um, and, you know, my nine to five is not podcasting, although this is amazing. <laughs> um, so I guess it could be within both realms of like my personal career goals okay. and my current dreams and aspirations. Do I need to be that specific? <laughs> the thing is, you don't necessarily have to be specific. Okay. Um, sometimes it'll just come out in the cards. Oh. Um, and I'll tend to ask questions uh, just based on how I feel. Um, as far as what I see coming out through the cards. And, and I usually try to go off my intuition. Sometimes I'll go to the book. Oh, <laughs> but, okay. Sometimes you got to do a little research. lately it's, it's been... Recon. Exactly. Because, I mean, tarot, it, it goes a lot deeper. I mean, each card has both... Uh, well, you know, there's dark, there's light, there's yin, yang, you know, yeah. positive, negative. So each card has more than one meaning. It can mean multiple things. Okay. A car just jumped out the deck and she's shuffling. Several cars just oh, jumped several? out. Oh, several? Well, let, let them use you, Jesus. Okay. Okay. So you have the Six of Pentacles that jumped out, the King of Wands that jumped out, and the Nine of Swords. Um, and jumper cards are basically um, just messages that are kind of a little urgent, something for you to kind of pay attention to. And it was three, so it's like nine one one. Exactly. Okay. So um, the Six of Pentacles that popped out is usually about being able to give, finding balance um, in the material world as far as your possessions and your money. Um, so there is some balance here. So um, and it, and if it, if you don't have that going on specifically right now, it's something that's going to come up for you. Yes. Um, uh, we all need balance and finances. <laughs> yes. Exactly. And then. Um, we have the king of wands. Wands are basically like your action cards. Wands are uh, things that you do in the real world and you taking action. Um, so the king, you know, kings, queens, they're very, um, what's the word? They're divine. I always consider them the divine cards in the tarot. And they just show like your power and you being able to really stepping into your power, knowing what it is that you want and knowing how to go for it and take action in that. Um, so that's I, dope. <laughs> I know I was about to say the fact that the king came out is it just speaks even more volumes, you know, not saying that, you know, even though you're a woman, I mean, um, I'm still a king. Exactly. We can do both. Exactly. <laughs> yes. I identify as king. Yes, exactly. And then the nine of swords. So swords are pretty much like about your mental things that you think about, um, things that keep you up at night. So the nine of swords, um, are basically toward the end of something. So you're coming towards the end, but it's something that is always on your mind. I don't know what specifically yet because we haven't gone into the actual reading. Right. These are just the jumpers, but it's something that keeps you up at night. And you can see that from the pictures here um, depicted on each card. Um, that's another way that I read as well. I read by what I see on the card versus what I feel coming from the card. Yes. So there may be something that's plaguing you mentally, mm -hmm. not necessarily plaguing you in a negative way, but it's definitely something on your mind. It could be your riches, you know, it could be the actions that you're taking, even with the podcast, you know? Yeah. Um, so we'll we'll go, we'll continue. I ain't gonna spend too much time on that because okay. these readings can be very long. Okay, okay. <laughs> well, so far, so good, y'all. <laughs> I'm taking another sip because I'm happy, but I'm also nervous. <laughs> no need to be nervous. Oh, and mind you, another thing that I wanna share about me doing tarot. 
When I used to play cards as a kid, like regular playing cards, I can never do the bridge. You can do a bridge with tarot cards. Like nobody's business. So basically, people, <laughs> get you a rosé party going. Get a tarot card reader that cannot shuffle a regular deck of cards. <laughs> but these tarot cards, they can shuffle like they from Las Vegas. I'm trying to tell you. It scared me the first time I did one. I was like, oh my gosh. Every time I try to do one, <laughs> the cards fly everywhere. And then it's 52 card pickup. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not a fan of that game. Yeah, it's been times when I've done the bridge with tarot cards and I've had cards, like, fly out of the middle, but Ooh. not all of them fly. It's always different. No, mine is, like, disastrous. Yeah. It's like a bridge that actually collapses in real life. Since this is your reading, I will ask for you to do a quick cut. So I'm going to cut the cards like. anywhere I want? Mm-hmm. Can I look at it? Uh, if you want, can I be like no the one's space? ever asked me that before. That's because you know I play spades. There's no wrong I way to do college. this. So. <laughs> so if you absolutely feel the need to look, then do so. You know what? I'm a surprise myself. <laughs> I'm not gonna look at nothing. I'm just gonna let the cards do what they do, Lord. Okay. Notice I keep saying Lord because I want him to be blessing this reading. Because <laughs> it'll be very awkward if it turns left. <laughs> on okay. a podcast. <laughs> I'm just gonna pull three cards. Okay. Just to keep it short and simple. Okay. All right. So three cards being pulled. There's like a ladies. Okay, I'm gonna let you describe this because I'm gonna say some craziness. Y'all gotta see these tarot cards. So we have the judgment card. We have the um the eight of wands, which is usually in communication, which is funny because we're on a podcast, communications. <laughs> <laughs> and we are doing a reading for your career and just future aspirations. So and then you have the Five of Swords, which usually depicts some type of conflict or you fighting outside people, but it looks like you might Ooh, be winning yeah. here. So it can be a little bit of conflict, but, you know, anytime you're trying to rise and level up, there's going to always be a little bit of conflict. There's going to always be some obstacles. So this kind of represents that. And that may come a little later. Um, let's see what else. I With feel me. like it already happened. <laughs> if only you knew. I know, right? Well, you know. Listeners out there, take a sip at this time because, Lord, this guy (laughs) that's slaying with these swords and conquering, I know what he's doing, and I've been there, honey. Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay. So the judgment um, card is more so about calling judgment on something, making a decision, putting your foot down, um, and really going with your gut. Um, and then here, they have an angel blowing a horn. So it's really you blowing the whistle on. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like yin yang But saying, you know, you pretty, you're pretty much blowing the whistle and saying, all right, this is what it is. Okay. And you're dead set on what it is that you want. You're not afraid of communicating that. I surely am And you're not. definitely not afraid of conflict based on just seeing this judgment card here. Um, and again... What remind me of your sign? I'm a Scorpio. Okay. And I like Scorpios are water signs, I believe. Yeah. Are what signs? I believe you are water. Yes, we are water. Yes, you are water. Okay. I'm trying to remember if the judgment card has Scorpio associated with it. Um, but there based on what I'm looking at, because this is a major arcana card and it has two X's, which means 20. Um and we're in 2020. Exactly. <laughs> and you made the hard decision to do this podcast. I remember us talking yes, about this. Yes, so. <laughs> this was a very tough decision. Mm-hmm. Whoa. And there was a lot of communication surrounding you making this decision. Um, there was some conflict 
as well. Yeah. So um, anytime, but like I said, anytime you do a, an, an endeavor as big as this, you're definitely going to come up against some obstacles. So just be prepared for that in the future. Be prepared for people telling you you can't do it. Be prepared for people telling you that you might not be good. Um, and and it, I, what I love about this car is that this is also mental stuff too. You fighting wow. off other people's opinions in your own mind, overthinking other things. Bartender, know. we need more rosé. <laughs> <laughs> this is too real. <laughs> yes. And, and I know you personally, and I'm not going to put it out there, but I know you had to make a judgment call. Yes. So that yes. definitely is showing up in this reading tonight. Um, and it was difficult, right? Like It was a difficult call to make. Yeah. And, and it, it was like, you you know, yeah. wow. Y'all gotta get tarot cards done. Like, you gotta get your cards read. Oh. I feel like this is my Carfax report right now. If you got a Carfax on your car to tell you what your car needs, why not get a tarot card reading to tell you what you need? Exactly. I'm just saying it's all relative. I'm, ooh. Oh, so another card just flipped over in the deck as she was shuffling. As she and it flipped face. over. It didn't even jump out. It flipped over. Yeah, it was like, acknowledge me. And I was actually, as I was shuffling, I was trying to get a clarifier for your judgment. So another X came out, which is all these synchronicities are all up in here, girl. So um, that's the Ten of Cups. So Ten of Cups is basically, um, your cups are about your love, your emotion, um, it's also water, represents water. And I'm a water sign. Exactly. Um, but this also represents your family life, um, having the relationship you always wanted, um, possibly meeting the person of your dreams. Um, but this can also just mean having everything you want in your business, too. So all of your dreams, this is like a dream come true card. And this is like the ultimate, you know what I'm saying? Anytime you go from one to 10, it's usually like you start at the beginning with the one and then you come to the ending. In this case, this is leaving happy ending. Oh. So that's always And a we good didn't thing. have to get a massage. Exactly. Yay. That's so awesome. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, Yay. so so the judgment from based on how that came, because I, I was looking for a clarifier for your judgment card. So since this came out, the Ten of Cups came out for that, what I'm getting is you made the right judgment. And it's pushing you in the right direction to get this in the cups. Yes, yes, yeah. yes, queen. Yes. <laughs> I mean, do you, do you yes queen yourself? I don't know, yes, but like queen, I'm here for this. Always yes queen yourself. Okay, yes queen. Mm-hmm. Ooh. I like to look at the bottom of the deck just to kind of get a little bit of underlying energies. Okay. Um, and the first card that I see is the Four of Swords. Again, goes back to mental. Um, this is just kind of thinking about all the things in the past, but also realizing that you have one special thing and you're resting on that, resting on that one special thing. So in this case, that one special thing is this podcast. Ah! <laughs> Won't he do it? Mm-hmm. Will, he, will he really not do it? Yes. And then you have your two of pentacles okay. um, that came right after that. Usually that just means juggling. So right now, based on what I know about you, you're juggling Everything outside of the podcast, with your day job, with your home life, with your your um, other... I know you have other things that you want to do. Yes, So you're definitely. juggling decisions. You have a lot of decisions that may be coming up for you in the future. Um, that's pretty much what I'm getting from that. Something else is going to come out. This card just wants to keep coming back. Oh, look. 
This is the uh, the nine of swords. And it was upside jumped down. Out, but it was upside down this time. Usually when something is upside down, it usually just means um, somewhat of the opposite. Some cards always mean the same thing, either upside down or not. Um, or a block. So there could be a bit of a mental block or this whatever it is that's been on your mind heavy, it's about to go away. Pretty much. I'm happy for things so. to go away that bother me. <laughs> and I'm not going to mention what it is on the podcast because we're not that close. It's only episode two. Get to know me, guys. Mm-hmm. Maybe episode nine will do, go into that. Yes. <laughs> and I usually just try to, because I can go all day and tell a whole damn story. Well, let's do like a couple more. I'm like really intrigued right now. Like, this is crazy. Like, let's do like two more cards. Okay. Oh, two more cards. I'll just reshuffle then. That was the card reshuffle. My conflict is coming to an end. Sleepless yes. nights will have no more. Mm-hmm. Sip, sip, right in that. Ooh. Ooh. I almost fell in my cup, too. A car just jumped out. <laughs> and it lit- I just picked up my cup <laughs> to take a sip. And it was like, no, ma'am, we want to talk. What so, is this card? Exactly. So... The two of wands, again, more fiery in energy, um, action being taken. But usually when you see the two of um, wands, it's sometimes just kind of waiting and seeing what's happening, watching, waiting for the chips to come in, which the chips, play on words, chips, chips coming in. (laughs) Sponsors. Right, but at the same time, you're still working. You're doing things in the real world still, even though you're like, I'm just going to sit here and see what happens next. You know, so that's what I love about that card. Um, And it comes right after um, a a fresh start, which is the Ace of Wands. So that's always a good thing. So you're moving. You just started something new, which would have been your Ace of Wands. But right now you're actually doing it. So that's what your Two of Wands represent. Oh, wow. Yeah. And we said we were doing two more. Two more. Yeah. Two more. Why not two more? Let's just see what jumps out. Okay, the cards are getting stubborn. That's good. Yeah. What are we shuffling? No, right? No whammies. <laughs> There's this girl that I love watching on YouTube. I ain't gonna lie, because all her readings, even though they're general, they, it seems like she's talking about my life. Ooh. Ooh. Shout out to Empress Bella. I'm sorry, I gotta shout her out. Hey, Empress <laughs> Bella, come join us next time. She from Philly. Oh, she's down the street. So definitely yeah, so come join us, Empress Bella. She probably the only... No, I'm not going to say that. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, we, You we might have some Philly listeners or not. <laughs> we do. We do. But that's okay. We love Philly. I love Philly. I love the cheesesteaks, too. Ooh, okay. I, Ace of Cups. I like I it. just like Philly because it's pretty. Their food is really good. I can't give them that. Their food is really good. So a card jumped out. Ace of Cups. The Ace of Cups. So again, more water energy. Um, and aces always represent new beginnings. This is more so like a new beginning in love. This could just be your new beginning in your love of what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Since we're doing a, a, a career reading. Um, and this is also, anytime you see like a hand, especially a big hand with air around it, um, that represents God giving you a fresh start. Amen. Mm-hmm. That's what I love about that. That's what's up. Yeah. This is a beautiful card. I love that. I love that that came out 
It, it fell right in front of the two of wands. That's funny. Yeah. <laughs> so I have a fresh start coming, and it's going to be awesome. Mm-hmm. You're going to love everything it has to offer you, and the divine is definitely giving you a, a nice, beautiful blessing. For sure. Well, thanks, Jesus, in advance. Okay. I couldn't even get it today. Any other time, come out just fine. <laughs> well, that's because you're on radio, podcasting life, you know. We change our voices to, you know. Radio Exactly. Yes. <laughs> well, this is good. There are not a lot of cards jumping. Oh, as I say it, yeah, it I already jumps. seen it too. That's and same it's card. still the same card about the conflict. I can't make this. This is up. like the fifth time that this card has jumped out. Yeah. So um, just know that there's going to be some things that you're going to be thinking about. It's going to keep you up at night when it comes to your business whether it's the podcast or any other business ventures that you do, it's going to always be something that's keeping you thinking all the time to the point that you might lose some sleep. So, What's new? That's pretty much like everybody else in the world. When you feel like you're doing something that you love, you know, you obsess about it. And I think, you know, maybe we should have a mental health specialist come on so we can talk about how do we not learn how to obsess about yeah. things that we are working towards and accept the placement of where we are in life yeah. uh, and knowing that we're moving forward, you know? Mm-hmm. So maybe maybe that's a... Thank yeah. you for giving me an idea for another show. Yeah, Danielle, appreciate of it. course. Yeah. I would well, be a part of that too. This has been awesome <laughs> to have a reading and that card really is giving me pause, but all the other cards <laughs> were super duper amazing and I'm excited because... I say excited a lot because I really am excited. Um, Always a good thing. About the forward progression of just what only, not only what this show is doing, Mm -hmm. but also like the connections and meeting great people Mm -hmm. and also just educating people about different things. Um, Because today I want to say like the lesson we're learning here is tarot cards are not evil, right? Like we want to put this in a space because it's like the unknown, right? Exactly. But it's more so like we're hearing. None of this was like Satan's coming to pick me up at four. No. Um, <laughs> it's all about just reading messages and understanding where potentially where we are not necessarily aligned or we are aligned and mm-hmm. focusing on the positive and not the negative. Exactly. That's what I'm taking from it. Everything we put out into the universe comes back to us, especially negative. So. Yeah. yeah. And what we think, it's we what, live, yeah, you know, like, so. what occurs. Exactly. Yeah, our words and our thoughts are very powerful. Wow, (laughs) that's very true. (laughs) So I ask everyone this question, and I have to ask you, because we've had numerous bottles of rosé over the course of the time we've known each other. Yes. What (laughs) is your favorite rosé? Wine or champagne? Um, And and, and what is it? (laughs) I know, right? (laughs) Um, My favorite uh, right now, I should say, is uh, Lambert. Yeah. Yeah, they, they're they a great Italian wine. Um, it's light. It's not too sweet. I don't like super sweet wines. Mm-hmm. I've never been a Moscato girl, you yeah. know. I like to have a little bit of dry, like yeah. a nice dry finish, maybe even a sweet start dry finish kind of, you know. And that's what I really like about that wine. It's really good. Well, you heard it here <laughs> first from Danielle. Go get Lamberth. It's great. It's Italian, so it has to be great. Yeah. I mean, anything from Europe is good, honestly, as far as wine. And if you listened last week, you know about the tariffs that are imposed in Europe on wine. So you definitely need to be a part of 
the fight against it because it will impact our wine costs. So we, yeah. we definitely want to shout out the one March for wine that's happening here in DC on February 9th. So appreciate you, Danielle, of for joining us today in this amazing reason, reading. And this, uh, the rosé is kicking in, y'all. Uh, this amazing <laughs> conversation and learning more about tarot cards. Oh, that was Danielle drinking. I had to take a sip. <laughs> Thanks again, friends. Yes, of course. Anytime. Well, cheers. Cheers, man. Wow. Thanks, Danielle. That tarot card reading was mad crazy. Next, I interview Campion Buckner, Illinois State House representative who's working on making the wealthy pay their fair share. So I'm here with Representative Cambium Buckner. Hey, Cam. Hey, Renee, how are you? Great, great. Thank you so much for being on the Rosie Hour podcast. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Of course. So we go way back to working for congressional members. Do you remember those days? I do remember those days. We, we, we can call those... The good old days, or maybe not. <laughs> how you look at it. <laughs> or like David Hollister said, wasn't it like summer of 85 or something like that? Summer of 85. That's yeah, right. that's right. Yeah. Okay, people, we were not really working in 85. I don't think you were born I was, yet. I was born summer of 85, actually. That was the, the summer I was born. Okay, <laughs> so somebody was just coming into life. I was already here, but that's all right. We were not of age of to work, so we were not uh, children laborers, so that's good. <laughs> that's right. But uh, we did some great things in the state of Illinois. You know, we worked um, with the Asian carp situation. Is that still happening in Illinois? Um, there is still a Asian carp threat in the state. It, it's been uh, pretty much under control for the last, uh, you know, five or six years. But uh, the folks who do kind of water resource work, uh, keeping a close eye on it to make sure it doesn't get back out of control. Uh, because as you remember, they multiply at an alarming rate. Yes. Uh, and it can very quickly become an issue. Yes, definitely, definitely. And if you don't know what Asian carp is, Google it because it's really crazy and no one knows how they got here. So, and they are from Asia. So that's kind of cool. But Cam wanted to know, like, how did you get into politics? Like, what was the reason that you were working on issues like Asian carp and all the other fun stuff we did? And yeah, actually, no, actually, I, I actually forgot, and sorry to the listeners, do you mind telling people about you and who you are and how you're a representative and what do you represent? <laughs> yeah, well, I'll, I'll start there. I'll start at the beginning. You know, I, uh, I have the pleasure and the privilege of representing the 26th District in the Illinois House of Representatives. Uh, the 26th District is uh, located solely in the city of Chicago, in the city of Chicago's borders. Um, and I uh, cover a number of different communities across the city, but some very, very historical ones, uh, such as South Shore, um, Bronzeville, Hyde Park, Kenwood, uh, the downtown central business district area, uh, as well as the Gold Coast. So when, you know, when folks come to Chicago, a lot of times they spend time in places like the Magnificent Mile, um, Navy Pier, McCormick Place, Soldier Field. And so all of those uh, iconic Chicago places are, are within the 26th district. 
Yeah, there's a lot of iconic places. And I'm so happy that you're representing such a prominent community. Um, and as a black man, you are running things. You're running the state. So thank you for all what you do. Well, no, it's a pleasure to be able to do it and be able to serve the people. Um, I grew up in this town. I grew up, um, you know, uh, dreaming big about, you know, what Chicago could, could look like and what it meant for uh, young people like me who looked like me and grew up in ways that I did. So, uh, you know, there's not a day that goes by that I don't pinch myself and, you know, thank the high actors for the opportunity to, to serve in this capacity. Well, we thank you for your service. <laughs> thank you. So the first question I asked, then, let's get into that. How did you get into politics? You know, I, I always, when I hear that question, um, I always have to attribute, you know, my public service to my parents. Um, my parents were not political in the traditional sense, but uh, they both were uh, very, they were both a public, uh, public sector employees. Um, they both were very involved in their respective labor unions. For, for my mother, it was Chicago Teachers Union. Um, for my father, it was the Paternal Order of Police, uh, Lodge Number 7 here in Chicago. Uh, and their work to strengthen, you know, the, 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 the unions that they worked in and the people who they worked with uh, was, you know, something that really stuck out to me. Uh, and also, uh, in their spare time, they did a lot of work that I think uh, drew me to Public service, right? So my my mother, um, while she was a special ed teacher uh, in Chicago Public School System, you know, on a daily basis, a lot of her free time she spent volunteering for places like Misericordia and the March of Dimes uh, and the Special Olympics, uh, because folks who, had, who were uh, developmentally disabled were were people who she felt um, beholden to, it's people that she felt that she um, uh, was here on earth to serve, right? And so I also come along for a lot of their volunteer work. And my, my father, who uh, spent most of the 60s and 70s as a musician, uh, spent a lot of time in senior homes around Chicago, uh, mainly in places like Inglewood and, and back of the yards, uh, where he would go with his, with his guitar and his instruments and uh, spend time with the, with the senior citizens in these uh, senior homes. And he would also take me with him there. So I spent a lot of time um, with my parents, you know, trying to invest uh, in folks in our community who often had been forgotten, often had been left behind. Uh, and so I really think that that spearheaded my interest um, in, in public service. Um, it, it, it's, what, it's what drove me to, to go get a law degree and then from there uh, work on ways to try to better, you know, my community through policy. It always, for me, has been a question of where can you do the greatest amount of good for the most amount of people in the shortest amount of time. Uh, and that's what led me uh, to, to politics. Wow. Did you do anything political in college? And, like, what was your experience there with politics? Yeah, so I did a little bit of work in college. So my, my college experience was, um, was a, a really nuanced one. I, I, was a, I was a college athlete, so most of my time was already accounted for uh, right. <laughs> while, while I was uh, on campus at the University of Illinois in Champaign-Urbana. Uh, but I did find some time to do a little bit of political work while I was there. And I worked on two campaigns uh, during my time at the University of Illinois. Uh, one was for a gentleman who was running for state senator. His name was Mike Frerich. And Mike um, uh, represented a district that was down uh, in East Central Illinois in Champaign County. Uh, and that was my first time actually working on, on a campaign in a real substantive way. And 
uh, begin to fall in love with the with the inner workings of, of campaigns. And Mike now is the state treasurer uh, for the state of Virginia. So he and I are great friends. Um, and then the other campaign, I got a great chance. I got a chance to work on was in uh, 2004. Uh, 2004, uh, State Senator Obama decided he was going to run for Senate. Um, and I got to work with the college Democrats and with his, um, his, his college arm of his campaign to do some organizing and do some work to get college students in places like uh, Champaign, Illinois, Macomb, Illinois, Charleston, Illinois, Carbondale, Illinois, and DeKalb, Illinois, uh, where the, the, the state uh, big, uh, public universities are. Right, because um, you mentioned mine, Carbondale. Thank you. I did. I, I know you're SIU. Absolutely. Shout out to Salukis. Uh, the Salukis. To get, to get folks engaged and involved. And to get young people to get to be excited about this, you know, this fresh new candidate, um, who we know went on to to amazing historical things. Uh, so that was the, the extent of my my college political activity. Wow. Well, it sounds like you got to start young and were able to make a really big difference, especially coming to campuses like mine, uh, where we were not really engaged. And you know, I was part of the College Democrats, but we really didn't have engagement. So thank you for that work you did there. So. I want to talk about where you're, what you're doing now. And so, like, what is one thing in the state of Illinois that's happening that, you know, listeners should be aware of and what they can do to help? I think one of the biggest things that we have in front of us as a state, one of the biggest challenges and one of the biggest opportunities that exists right now uh, is um, we have a constitutional amendment uh, on the ballot for the November 3rd, 2020 general election. And the constitutional uh, amendment is uh, is focused on changing the state's income tax structure. So right now, Illinois has a, a flat tax, right? And what the flat tax means, basically, it's a 5% tax, 4.9% tax um, uh, for income, and everybody in the state pays the same amount. They pay the 4% or the 4.9%, whether you're making uh, minimum wage or whether you're a billionaire whatever you bring in on the income level is going to be taxed at that percentage. What that has done is it's created an unfair disadvantage um, for Illinois businesses, for Illinois middle class and working class folks. And so we have the opportunity this November to change our tax structure to a tiered structure. And that tiered structure, we call it the fair tax. Some people call it a progressive income tax. But what it does is it fundamentally changes the trajectory of the state. Um, the more you make, the more you pay. Right, ah. and so uh, the less you make, the less you pay. Because we, 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 you know, we have a hard time. I have a hard time um, understanding the narrative that if I'm working two jobs and you know making just above poverty uh, wages, that I should be paying the same amount of taxes to the state government uh, as somebody who you know uh, is, is extremely wealthy. So yeah, what what we're trying to do is get people to. Uh, people who live in a state to understand what we're sh- that, that we're trying to move the needle here. People who don't live in a state and have uh, friends and family members in Illinois uh, to remind them how important this is. This is going to provide a, a tax cut uh, or um, you know a, a stagnant or a stagnant tax base for 97 percent of the people in Illinois. Um, it's going to be mean more money for roads, more money for bridges and infrastructure. It's going to be more, mean more money for schools, specifically schools. In areas like the one I grew up in, and uh, like many of the neighborhoods I represent now, uh, Chicago Public Schools, who have been underfunded and starved out for decades. Um, what this is going to mean is it's going to put us on the side of working families and the middle class, um, 
that's going to show folks that Illinois is serious about being fair and about moving the needle uh, in, uh, when it, in regards to that. Wow. Well, that's amazing. And especially because um, I know there's a federal bill uh, that's supposed to come out from uh, Schakowsky, Jan Schakowsky, who's the uh, a representative from Chicago to Congress, um, that's supposedly dropping to do something similar. So that's good that the state is actually actively working to do something while the feds unfortunately have so many obstructions where things can't move, but you guys are still fighting for communities and serving people for their best interests. So that's really amazing. How can people support or help or testify if there's a need to testify at hearings? Is there any of that stuff that's happening in the state? Yeah. So we actually got that. That's the heavy lift stuff. We got that stuff out the way. Um, The way the the process works is we had to, uh, pass a law uh, in the state uh, general assembly in order to get it on the ballot. So we have folks come down and testify, talking about the numbers, talking about why this was a good thing for Illinois. Um, and we were able to get that passed uh, with bipartisan support, uh, both sides of the aisle, uh, in both houses, in both chambers, both the, the House and the Senate. Uh, so now it's the part where democracy really comes to action. It's getting people to, when they go to the polls, uh, on November 3rd to vote for president uh, and the other um, seats that are there, also have the U.S. Senate uh, race here in Illinois, um, that, they, that they can, they also need to be able to be voting for that progressive income tax. They also need to, you know, give us the opportunity to go in and fix the Constitution uh, so that uh, Illinois uh, catches up and no longer falls behind when it comes to revenue and making sure that everybody pays their fair share. That's really good to hear, and especially because I have family still back there in Illinois. Um, but I want to know, how about small businesses? Are they impacted on the tier system, and how are they? Um, I know quite a few listeners are entrepreneurs, startups, uh, have little stores that they have, boutiques, if you will. How does this impact them? Yeah, we, we have, as a state, we have been fundamentally unfair to small businesses. Um, we've given a bunch of tax breaks the largest corporations um, who, who come in and they, and they don't necessarily, um, you know, do the right thing by Illinois employees. Um, that is going to stop. Right? With this progressive income tax, uh, this, 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 uh, this fair tax, one thing you're going to see is that um, we will provide more opportunities for mom and pop startups, small business folks from uh, minority neighborhoods, disadvantaged neighborhoods, uh, we, we are allowing them opportunities to enter the stream of commerce. We're allowing them opportunities to go get loans for, uh, to, to, um, to build up, you know, family businesses and for them to, to thrive in the state. Uh, the tax code, the way it is right now, has been extremely unfair to, to them, and they've not been able to, to, to thrive, um, you know, in that atmosphere. So this is a huge step, not just for, for people's personal pocketbooks, but for, you know, neighborhoods like, Washington Park and Woodlock, who have seen historic disinvestment over the years, um, you know, and so now we're providing an opportunity for for your cousin to open up that dry cleaners, or for your aunt to open up the record store, or you know the um, the, the bakery, right? And so these are um, some of the things that are extremely important to me when I when I try to sell folks on why this is a good idea for the state, because it's really giving us an opportunity to take our neighborhoods back, our communities back and um, to put some real commerce and some economic development back in the places who have been forgotten for so long. 
That's awesome. That's really good. What are some other things people can do to support these small business owners um, through some of these tax initiatives? Is it just only this flat tax that you guys are doing or is the state legislature working on other things as well to support small business owners? And well, to be honest, quite frankly, with uh, low income uh, families. Yeah, so th- this is the, the, the kind of the big apple on that one, right? This is the, 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 the one that the, the fair tax is the most uh, important piece of, of that network or that puzzle. Um, but, you know, there are also a number of bills that um, look at incentivizing small businesses um, and giving them a leg up uh, to, you know, to get up off the ground, right? There's empowerment zones and there's, um, you know, dollars that can come from the state, grant money uh, that can help. Uh, infuse into these businesses to, to, to get them to, to, to start off uh, and thrive in a, in, a, in a real meaningful way. Um, there's also some legislation that and a lot of folks who I work with are working on to make sure that you know, local banks and local financial institutions uh, see a real benefit in being able to loan money to um, the folks who are small business owners, right? Uh, you can have a great idea, you can have these great visions, uh, but if you don't have the capital, we all know that you're not going to be able to get anything done. Right? That's right. And Access we, to capital we, is really important. Is everything, right? And so we also know that, uh, you know, historically, that financial institutions have not been very kind to certain demographics of people mm-hmm. and uh, certain people who, you know, just, you know, uh, you know, uh, demographics that uh, are not traditionally, you know, working in, in, in these realms. So uh, what we're trying to do is remind very aggressively remind uh, financial institutions and developers and all these people who do work uh, in the state and with the state that uh, if you are not taking uh, seriously investing back in these communities, investing back in these people, um, then we're going to have to rethink uh, what the state has done for you and what we'll do for you in the future. Wow. Well, that, that brings up like opportunity zones, you know, from the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act. Um, that y'all president uh, passed in 2017. <laughs> and we are seeing a lot of people like, especially at the la- end of last year, like what is an opportunity zone? How am I in an opportunity zone? What are you seeing in Chicago and more specifically in your district? Like, are you cons- do you have areas of your district that are considered opportunity zones? And if so, like, how is that working with the community? Like, do they even know if they are or... Yeah, so I have a, I have my my district is the most diverse district in the state. Um, I have the most expensive or the or the wealthiest, have the wealthiest uh, zip code in Illinois in my district. I also have uh, one of the uh, the most poverty stricken uh, uh, zip codes. Wait, can we can we give an example? So like. One of the most iconic scenes that you see in Chicago movies is like the Gold Coast. And that's the lake and it's all beautiful. You see people jogging. There's Starbucks everywhere. So that's like your district, right? Like the the giant beam is there, all of that fun stuff, right? Right. And then the other side, if you keep driving a couple miles, is kind of like boarded up apartment buildings, houses, yeah. and yeah. unfortunately, a lot of crime. Yeah. Well, listen, Renee, we, we know that um, quality of life issues are one of the biggest indicators of 
you know, how long a person can or will live and how their life will go. Just to put it into context, the Chicago Tribune did an expose a few months ago where they talked about neighborhoods in Chicago um, and they ranked them based on life expectancy, right? So how long are you expected to live if you are from this, uh, this, this neighborhood? Um, the highest life expectancy in Chicago is a neighborhood called Streeterville. Streeterville is the home of uh, Northwestern University uh, Medical Center. Right. Uh, it's the home uh, of you know, some of the most, uh, the, the wealthiest real estate in the country, right? Mm-hmm. So Streeterville's uh, uh, life expectancy was 94 years old, right? Wow. Uh, on, on the reverse, one of the lowest in the city was a neighborhood that I know you know very well, Washington Park. Yes, um, I Washington do. Park, a south side neighborhood, not far from, um, you know, where, where I live. I live in Bronxville, but, you know, just the next neighborhood over. And the Washington Park uh, life expectancy was at 61 years old. Wow. Right? So imagine that. There's an eight-mile difference from Washington Park to Streeterville, right? But there's a 20-some, you know, 23, um, I'm sorry, like, yeah, what is it? We went from 61 to 94, right? Um, there's almost a 30-year gap. Life difference. Difference. Yeah. Gap, right? So that is that is what I deal with on a normal basis, the balance between, you know, the, the fight always here is between Chicago, I mean, between the, the, the neighborhoods and downtown and the south side versus the north side and, and all of that. So that, that is on full display um, for as a representative uh, of, of the district. Yeah, and so even within that, I'm assuming the opportunity zones, I'm hoping, are in a community that can benefit from it. So I'll say that. I think opportunity, I think the, the verdict is still out on, first off, whether or not they're receptive, right? Um, but I do appreciate the effort. And what I've seen as I travel the district and travel the city and travel the state is that uh, the important part right now in the opportunity zone piece is education. You said something earlier about do, do people even know that if they exist? In many cases, People do not know that this is even a thing, right? So um, it's incumbent upon, I think, stakeholders at all levels of government and across the board, able to bring back to residents and constituents um, the information that they need to be empowered and engaged in order to uh, take advantage of these programs, right? We can expand up as many programs uh, as we want to, but if no one knows about them and if the access is not there, uh, then we've done it all uh, for naught. Yeah, definitely. Well, we have almost come to the close of our conversation. And of course, we have to have you back because there's a lot of things that are happening in Chicago, which is near and dear to my heart, which everyone knows. But I have to ask you this question because it's not the rosé hour if we don't ask and talk about it. What's your favorite rosé? So I'll I'll say that. I'll be be honest. I I know you're probably going to say it. (laughs) I don't love love rosé, right? Okay. um, I recently had a pretty good one. I had to go look it up to figure out what it was. It was called um, Walfer Estate. W O L F F E R. It's out of New York. I think this, I think they're based in Long Island. Um, and it was super dry, and I, and I, uh, I prefer dry, um, dry wine. Yeah. Right. And it was not super fruity, right? But it, it had a nice balance. Um, so you knew you were drinking rose, but it didn't feel like, you know. It was um, like the stereotypical barefoot, sweet, yeah, Moscato ish. Yeah, it wasn't it wasn't diabetes in a box, right? So it, it, it was <laughs> was a red Kool Aid, okay? Exactly. Awesome. Well, Cam, we want to thank you so much for joining us today and giving us so much great information about what's happening in the state of Illinois, how people can get engaged. 
Um, how can people contact you if they want to reach out to you? Yeah, so um, I, uh, Renee, you know, Renee knows this about me. I am not a social media person, but He's I am not. now. He's brand new to me. Um, this, it, okay, wait, wait. I have to interrupt you because the fact that I saw you on social media, I literally almost dropped like right? my beverage. If, if anybody who's known me for a little while, they were like, wow, this is, this is new. And this is different for me. So um, I'm learning how to navigate the social media world. But um, you can catch me on Twitter or on Instagram at rep, R-E-P, Cam, K-A-M, Buckman, B-U-C-K-N-E-R. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Representative Cam Buckner of Illinois. Thanks so much for your time, sir. Thank you. Wow, so informative. I want to thank Representative Buckner for all the information that he's putting out there and work he's doing for the state of Illinois and his specific district as well. I want to also shout out Danielle. Thank you so much for joining us and giving me such insight on my career. Thanks. I want to thank all the sound engineers and production team. Without y'all, this is going to be a great show. And our second episode, How Dope Is That? Check us out on Spotify, iTunes Music, Stitcher, Anchor, you name it, we're there. Also, don't forget to check us out on our social media channels, The Rose Hour Podcast on Facebook, Instagram. Email us if you want to be on the show or want to recommend someone to be on the show at, well, it's not at, but at Renee at theroseahourpodcast.com. Until next time, friends, sit, sit, hooray. Ladies, all the ladies roll.